0: When I was growing up in Pittsburgh, television was in its infancy, and radio was king. One of my favorite radio programs ended with the hero, after dispatching the villain with the help of his faithful Indian companion, Tano, crying out, Hail, silver! Away! As he rode off, one of the grateful townspeople would always ask, Who is that masked man, anyway? There were plenty of masked heroes on the radio, as well as in the movies, comic books, and the newspaper comics called the Funnies in those days. We had the dashing, sword, and whip-wielding Zorro, the copycat Don Daredevil, and the female Black Whip in the movies, and a host of mass marvels saving the world in the daily comics and the monthly comic books. My favorite mass marvel in the comics was the mysterious Phantom, who lived in Skull Cave with Devil, his trained wolf. But it was tough to pick a favorite from all those comic book heroes, including Batman and the Green Hornet, whose sidekicks, Robin and Cato, also wear masks. Beside all those make-believe mass heroes, I also had some real-life sports heroes who wore masks. Since the late 19th century, baseball catchers have worn protective masks of various shapes and sizes, but in the 1950s, pro football quarterbacks and hockey goalies started to wear them as well. On November 13, 1953, Cleveland Browns quarterback Otto Graham, in a game against the San Francisco 49ers, suffered a deep gash running down his cheekbone after being elbowed in the face. To protect his future Hall of Fame quarterback, Cleveland's coach, the legendary Paul Brown, came up with a rubber-coated steel bar that was attached to the front of Graham's helmet. They gave me this big plastic thing about two inches high and about a half-inch thick. I couldn't see through it, wasn't transparent, and my breath it bounced off and almost couldn't hardly breathe it. And that, towards the end of the season, or in in the off-season, Paul Brown had a local inventor come up with this little tube that weighed about four or five ounces, you know, and they just put that around my my helmet and so forth, and from that evolved you know, all the face masks they now have. Paul Brown had the patent on it for the first ten years, whatever it was. A few players had worn protective masks as early as the 1930s, but Paul Brown's invention caught on, and the face mask is now common football gear. Several years later, on November 1st, 1959, Montreal Canadian Goldie Jacques Plante in the first period of a game against the New York Rangers was hit in the face by a slap shot and suffered a deep gash running from the corner of his mouth to his nostril. When he returned for the start of the second period, he was wearing a homemade fiberglass mask he had worn in practice. Plante's mask was controversial at first, but other Goldies soon began using a mask to protect himself from serious injuries including the loss of an eye. Him putting on the mask started an era where we thought more of protection. By the time he retired from Edmonton 15 years later, everybody in the NHL was wearing a mask. Face it, how many people are gonna have the courage to skate out with Bobby Hall coming down, winding up with a 100 mile an hour slap shot and to stare at him with your face open. It seems funny that now in an NHL game, if the goalie's mask comes off, the whistle automatically goes and the play is stopped. So it's really gone a 360 compared to what it was back then. While masks didn't become commonplace in football and hockey until the 1950s, they were being used by baseball catchers as early as the 1870s when Ivy Leaguer Fred Thayer adapted a fencing mask to protect Harvard catcher Alexander Tigg from injury. The mask was ridiculed at first and mockingly called a rat trap, but eventually became popular with catchers who have been using only a mouth guard borrowed from boxing to protect themselves. Fifteen mass-wearing catchers are currently in the Baseball Hall of Fame, including the Cubs Gabby Harnett and the White Sox Ray Chalk. At the next induction ceremony, they will be joined by the Cardinals' Ted Simmons. When you play catcher at the Major League level, it's by far the most challenging and interesting position on the ball field every night. Nothing compares um, physically or mentally uh, being back there, and um, the, the challenge and the willingness and um, the desire to do that. Um, as catcher, uh, it, it's, it's just part of being a catcher. Uh, it's, it's one of the biggest benefits. Former Cub and Cardinal player manager Roger Bresnahan, who in 1945 became the first catcher to enter the Hall of Fame, was also one of the most inventive. He added padding in his mask and was the first catcher to wear shin guards and protective headgear. It's now commonplace for athletes ranging from my granddaughter, Adrian, the goalie for her high school lacrosse team, to NBA star, LeBron James, to wear protective face masks. But because of the pandemic, we now need everyone to wear a mask. While masked doctors and nurses, our real life heroes, are doing everything they can to save lives, we can help by wearing a mask in public places. In the past, a mask was often used to provoke fear in others, but today, Wearing a mask expresses our capacity to care about each other. As the poet W.H. Auden wrote at the outbreak of World War II, we must love one another or die. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.